You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning. How's everybody doing? So, uh, well, we're good here. I've uh, got my traditional frosty Dr. Pepper here and uh, beautiful sunny sky. Looking forward to a uh, day of working uh, outside in the... Uh, 95 degree plus weather. What about you? Yeah, you know. Oh, just uh, working on the magazine. And we're getting ready to, for uh, the Crankshaft t-shirts, which will be out in two to three weeks. I've been working on that the last few days. And over, I'll be in my garage. I'll be sanding more body filler on my Triumph TR3 in preparation to spray on some epoxy primer in about a week or so. So, uh, yeah, busy schedule. A lot of things going on. Now, I, uh, I've got to finish up my uh, work on the 60 Bonneville. Um, I think last week we talked about the fact that I had to go back in and rebuild one of the wheel cylinders that was, uh, like, only two years old, uh, just simply because it, it rusted on the inside because, as you said, the metal and the new wheel cylinders most of it most of them are made in china and you know the porosity is high and uh it's easy for water to get in little pockets in there and then it just sits there and rusts yep. so uh you know it was an issue and then you know i i had to pull the starter off of it you know we were talking about batteries and such last week um i had my own experience so i you know, I'm like, ah, no big deal. I'm going to pull the starter off, pull the starter off. I'm going to clean it up, uh, check the brushes, pop the ends off, blow it out, use a good electric, electric cleaner, uh, use CRC Electromotive, sprayed it out, cleaned it, hit it with some air, popped everything back. It looked great. car only has 44,000 miles on it, so... Anyhow, got everything back together. I, I needed to replace the solenoid, you know, and on those GM solenoids, it was the same from 1957 all the way through to 81. So, you know, easy to find. But anyhow, um, you know, you can go in and, and take them apart. You can flip the disc over, clean everything, put it back together, and, you know, it'll work. Because what was happening is it was working intermittently just simply because the solenoid contacts were uh, a little burned on the one side. So, anyways, I take put the new solenoid on because that was just easier than going in and taking care of the other. I'll, I'll fix the other one. I'll go through and clean it up, flip the disc on it, clean everything, put it back together and test it. And then I'll throw it in a box. That way, if I take a long trip, I'll take it as a spare. But at any rate, the new one... Tested everything, put it on the car, got in, ready to test drive, hit the key, nothing. It, it was energized, but man, when I turned it to start, it just dropped way back. I mean, the discharge needle on it just went way to the left. I'm like, what in the world's going on? What did I do? You know? So, I put it back up on the lift. Pop the starter off, looked at everything, tested it again, worked beautifully. I'm like, okay, 
now what has happened now so I threw that back in and uh, you know as it turned out we were we were talking about ground issues being part of the part of the whole process starting and charging and all of that so uh, I, I ran into that my uh, ground ground strap uh, going over to the engine block just in just a short period of time developed so much resistance because there was so much corrosion between the lug on the terminal and the block I didn't have a good ground I checked the battery this that and the other thing I'm like it's got to be the ground and so I, I took it apart cleaned it put it back on voila boom boom done but, it's always it's always something simple it's always the basics always that's what I found out it's never the major problem it's always something that is over, easily overlooked because we take things for granted but uh, good I'm glad you got it running and uh, what are we going to talk about today anything exciting New York City bagels what are we going to talk about uh, Virginia well, bagels what I don't know I, I, you know I was listening to the uh, Padres Mets game but I fell asleep so I don't know who won probably the Padres uh, no, probably that. They won the better team. You think? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, at the Mets. Well, I don't know. They, I I was still awake in the seventh inning, and it was two uh, O Padres. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, who, I mean, whoever. But uh, yeah. So what do you want to talk about today? I don't know. Uh, let's talk about Car Mania first, real quick. So Car Mania. Uh, first uh, AACA show at the new uh, AACA National Headquarters and Library um, up there in Hershey, PA, and uh, it's going to be held Sunday. Uh, It's going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's going to be held on the traditional Hershey show field. Uh, So if you've been going to Hershey over the years, the same show field that uh, was occupied by all those beautiful cars on Saturday for the Hershey Car Show. Same place. And uh, they're going to have food. They're going to have seminars inside. Um, our, our friend Alex is going to be uh, doing a seminar on his uh, VW cool. restoration. Um, there's going to be uh, going to have artists giving uh, seminars, going to have a pinstriper giving a demonstration, and people may even be able to try their hand at it. Lots of food. It's going to be a blast, and uh, your good friend uh, and, and mine, uh, Wayne Green, he's going to be there. So, Along with Stephen L. Moskowitz, and, uh, and that is the our fearless leader, uh, CEO of AACA, so he's going to be there and uh, living large. So it's going to be a really, really, really good show. Uh, going to be a little bit warm, but uh, you know, if anybody's within driving distance of Hershey, um, I suggest you get over there on Sunday morning and check it out because it's going to be be a blast. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it may be a little warm that Sunday, but there's lots of shade on that show field and you can go inside the library and research center check things out go to a seminar uh, hang out with Moskowitz whatever you want to do it's going to be fun 
<laughs> well, enjoy yourself. I'm staying home. Too long of a drive for a one-day show for me. So, well, you're home. getting old, you know. Getting old, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Oh, you are? I am. I'm, I'm going to be there. Well, you know, you live around the corner, you know. Driving 16 hours to go through a car show that's only like six hours long to me is just 16 insane. hours. Blah, blah, blah. 16 hours. It's, it's eight four hours and a half. What? Huh? With the gas. Okay. Okay. Here we are. Here we go. There we go. Uh, going to double the time, you know, rather than talk about just the drive time to get there, you know. Now we've got to include the drive time to get back. Oh, my God. I just bought new tires, and I don't want to, you know, ruin the rubber for 15 hours and, you know, you know, lessen their life. So I'll stay home. You're like the guy that, that wakes up in the middle of the, the, the guy... <laughs> You're like the guy that wakes up in the middle of the night and can't sleep because he's worried he's going to wear the sheets out. You know? <laughs> That's what you call cheap. Hi, <laughs> Ray. So. <laughs> well, have fun. The, uh, I'll, I'll read about it. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you pictures. Uh, the, uh, you can upload them. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> So, the uh, Kenosha Homecoming is also going to be next weekend in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I will be there as well. And they're expecting, college probably at least six to nine hundred uh, AMC, Nash, and associated cars, Ajaxes, Lafayettes, all of those things associated with Nash Motors, and then which then of course merge with Hudson to form American Motors, and so you're probably going to have some Hudsons there, too. Uh, going to be a great time. Uh, I have not been in a number of years, but uh, it's a blast. Lots of uh, people that used to work at AMC there in Kenosha um, are always in attendance, and some of the uh, designers who were still with us are going to be there, so I'll have an opportunity to meet people. It's always, always a lot of fun. Great time. If you're near Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, next week, starting on Wednesday, going to be an AMC Nash extravaganza, culminating with a big show uh, down on the lakefront uh, on Saturday. Going to be there, too? You going to be there, Richard? No, no I'm staying home. I'm working on my cars. No, <laughs> I only get 42 miles a gallon. That's not enough. And I'm trying to lessen my carbon footprint. Nice. Oh, <laughs> so I was getting ready to say maybe you need to get an get an EV if you're worried about the the gas mileage on the Mini. Oh, EVs are the world's biggest joke. I mean that. Yeah, let don't even get me started on EVs. You know the whole thing is just uh, follow the money trail, as they say, and then you'll figure well, it out. <laughs> you'll be real happy to know that uh, General Motors just recently unveiled its new uh, EV uh, crate conversion kit for classic cars. That's exciting, oh, huh? Ow. Uh-huh. Ow. <laughs> so it cost, uh, by the time you buy the battery, all the controls, motors, all of this other stuff, you're looking at thirty grand to make a conversion. 
And that's something you try to do it yourself. It's very complicated. It's not as easy as just, you know, oh, I'm going to drop them. No. Converting a classic to electric is not just like dropping in a new engine. Um, It's vastly more complicated because of all the electronics involved, and then you've got to put the batteries somewhere. You've got to do all this other stuff. And if you pay a professional to do that. It's break time. We'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Oh, we're okay. back. Oh. Besides all the so. lies and falsehoods about electric vehicles, Let's look at some of the other lies and falsehood in the collector car hobby in general. How about we do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I guess we could start by talking about the guy I was speaking with the other week that was talking about your uh, overwhelming generosity and, you know, how fast and loose you are with the cash. I think that's a huge lie. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, one of the being on Facebook. speechless that I. <laughs> You're listening to America's Web Radio on the America's Broadcast Network. Now you just bought a car. It's completely mint. Needs new interior. So I buy it back. I, I made a post. I said, look, if the car was mint, it wouldn't need a new interior. Mint means it's like untouched from the factory, absolutely perfect, almost like an uncirculated coin. And let's face it, there are no cars that are mint. Unless, you know, it's freshly restored from Pebble Beach or a high-end concourse, just came out of the restoration shop the day before. 
So, you know, I fired back, and uh, he goes, well, I meant the body. I said, well, you got to, you know, you got to explain things. When you say mint, and then it needs a new interior, you know, that that's a lie, and you're misrepresenting the car. And then yesterday I saw something uh, also on Facebook, and I've seen this many times, and I've seen it in auction catalogs, and I just don't buy the hype because it can't be proven. And I'm talking about when someone says, uh, this car is very rare, they made 68, only three are known to exist. Well, no. <laughs> I love it. That is a lie because unless you check every single bond, building, garage, salvage yard, uh, used car lot, pasture, in every single country, every square acre in the entire world, you can't say that there's only three left. You can't. What you have to say is only three are known to exist. You know? Oh yeah. So that's a lot. Oh yeah. And I see that I see that in auction catalog all the time, you know, only two remain. Really? How do you know? Did you go to Latvia? Did you go to Malta? Did you go to Rhodesia to check, you know, every garage and building them on? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, so, no. Well, I you know, a good example of that is uh something which popped up just up the street from me, literally. Um you know, for years, the um, so McQuay Norris, who was a manufacturer of uh, automotive parts, uh, they actually built a vehicle and uh, they built it as a promotion, promotional thing, and to test out their parts and so on and so forth. And uh, Lane Motor Museum uh, in Nashville, which is you know well known, I'm sure you've been down there, and uh, you know mostly micro cars, so. Everybody says they, out there in print, you know, the only existing McQuay Norris 1934 streamliner um, is in that collection. Yep. And then that boom, that came out, yeah, that out came of nowhere. Well, yeah, I mean, out of, out of nowhere, this one pops up over here uh, right around the corner from me in Lynchburg. And, you know, we knew about that because we had on display at Hemings, we said three of these McRae Norris streamliners were built. This is the only one restored and running, the one in the Hemings collection. And we said that there was another one that we know of that is unrestored in someone's collection. And that's all we said. So yeah. we knew about what a lot of the majority of the world didn't. And you're right. That's another thing where they say, well, it doesn't exist. Well, how do you know? Right. Unless you could document no. it. Huh? So, yeah, let a lot of lies out there, and not blatant lies, but just exaggerations, falsehoods, and they get passed down, and before you know it, people think it's fact. And it's wrong. you got to speak the truth. You know, system well. array, whacking, clean time. you got to speak the truth, Lentinello. So that's what you got to do. Yeah, the sad thing is, is I'd like to have a moment with her if she was still around, you know, just simply because, you know, she should have been whacking you on the hand. Instead, she's whacking you in the head, and we're paying a price for it now, you know? I mean, gosh, jeez. I got whacked you know. in the hand, buddy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, the, uh, it's the free if she 
charging, she said, and I've seen this from other people. You see it in the ad. A hundred percent original new paint and interior. Really? Oh yeah, well, I hate that. It drives me crazy. <laughs> if it's new paint and interior, it's not original. What you have to say is rebuilt or restored to original specifications, but it's not original. As soon as you replace the paint, repaint it, it's not original. As soon as you replace the carpeting and the carburetor or the bumper, the car's not original. You know, you may think it was done to original specifications, and that's okay, but you got to tell the truth. You know, it's restored to original condition, but it's not original. You know, when we no. look at original cars, the only thing that we, you know, overlook, which you have to, is wearing items like, you know, a battery, maybe a radiator hose, tires and brakes, of course. But everything else has to be original, authentic, as it was put on the car, on the assembly line, when it was built. You agree? I do. That's the AACA standard uh, for the historic preservation of original features class in AACA. Um, you know, everything is as delivered from the factory. And, uh, you know, we allow for uh, replacement of maintenance items, as you said. Um, you know, tires, batteries, belts, hoses, all of those things that, you know, uh, have to be replaced as a course of normal maintenance to keep everything safe and operable. But uh, otherwise, you know, original paint, original interior, uh, you know, it can have some wear, wear and tear, um, you know, but uh, yeah, we go through the, uh, we have a, uh, HBOF team that goes through and evaluates the uh, all original cars, and uh, and they're really good at it too. Um, you know, it's you've got to be careful on that too. You know, uh, if somebody's really really good and they spend enough time, you know, it, it's not unknown to have somebody pull off a repaint and then pass a car off as all original. Um, best way to do that is to use a paint thickness gauge and uh, that'll give you a clue but you know the other clues are usually you know no matter how good someone is at taping and, and detailing etc etc you know if you look at all the gaskets windshield gaskets all of the gaskets trim pieces and so forth on a car if it's been repainted I will tell you you're going to find where they've missed a spot where they painted where they should and you'll know always now speaking of paint uh, there is this misconception that new paint makes the car more saleable well in some cases it does but the cases are very few you're talking about a collector car and it had original paint that had the you know original primer uh, showing through on top of the fenders and the pinstriping was worn away from years of waxing that car is more valuable and, and easier to sell than a car that had all that replacement with new paint but when you put new paint on a car and then they turn around and sell it the first thing that comes to mind is oh what are they hiding was the car just in an accident is there rust that they're covering up but yet 
if the car still had his original paint, regardless how dull it is, regardless if it has a million chips in it, it's an honest car, and you can see the true condition of the car by knowing that that's the original paint, and you can tell, okay, the body has never been damaged. So that's another falsehood. New paint makes the car more saleable. And again, you know, with maybe newer cars, because clear coats, you know, uh, peel off and things like that, that's fine. But with the older cars, originality rules all the time. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd much prefer to buy a car with, with its original paint. Uh, just simply because, as you say, and you know, it's funny, you're the only other person that calls them honest cars. That's what I've always said. It's an honest car, not hiding yeah. anything, you know. It's right. right there, up front, forward for you to see and go through. Nothing worse than, you know, spending, out, spending money, buying a car, getting it home, and then finding out, you know, hey, the water panels have got 30 pounds of Bondo in them, you know. I, you can hide a lot of uh, a lot of scent with paint. Yeah, you can. You and, and another thing is uh, what I what I see in here for many people is this car, and I've seen it in the end when I worked at Hemming for many years. One owner, uh, and then you call up, and the guy is a dealer. Uh, I talked to this one guy once because it was a car I was interested in. So I said, so it's not a one owner. He goes, oh, no, it is. It's only been registered once. I said, so who owns it now? The original owner? Oh, no, I do. I said, oh, so you're the second owner. It doesn't matter if it was registered or not. If you are not the person who bought the car, who is selling it, then it's not a one owner car. Now, I know that's a technicality. Some people don't care, and that's okay. But... When I see something like that, and I know the person is not being honest and truthful, I say to myself, what else are they lying about? You know what I mean? It's like a red light going off. When the guy says, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm the original owner because I never registered it, so it's still registered in the original owner's name, so it's the one owner car. What else is he hiding? You know, that, that's how I look at things like that. Time so, for a uh, break. You know, that's just another piece of mine. we got a break coming up. We'll be more in just a minute. Okay. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, Contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. 
It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, Richard, keep beefing. You were right in the middle of the beef. Okay. This is something that uh, I see a lot of times written in car magazine and ads on the auction, on TV, and... Let's just take an example of, you know, a Hemi Cuda. Okay, they made, no, my numbers are going to be wrong, so, you know, don't hold me to it. Uh, they made 11 Hemi Cuda convertibles in 71. I know that's not, not the right number. But they say, so this is one of 11 cars built. No. They made Barracuda convertibles in 71. Let's say they made uh, 40,000. So they should say, this car is one of 11 of 40,000 because aside from the engine, it's the same body as a 318 Barracuda. It's the same body as, you know, uh, a 440 Barracuda. It's the same exact chassis and everything. So, you know, it's one of 11. Well, no, it isn't. They made 40,000 of those, you know, when they made, was it 39 Ferrari GTO? Right. They made 39. They didn't make, you know, uh, <laughs> any additional bodies. So uh, that's another falsehood. You know, it's not so much a lie, but it's a misrepresentation of the truth. That's how I look at it. It's hype. It's hype. Yes. It's hype. And uh, a lot of that hype, you know, sadly, has been generated through promotion of, uh, you know, all of these large auctions um, out there. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I personally believe that, and I could be crazy, okay, but let me ask you this, okay? So, and I know we're getting a little far afield, however. So, Craig Jackson, uh, principal in Bear, Bear Jackson Auctions, you know, Started doing the uh, auctions on, gosh, Speed Vision back at that time, and then of course went from Speed Vision to Velocity, and now Motor Trend TV, I guess. But so the auctions came on. People started watching those auctions, and I really feel like he was the initial driving force behind the astronomical prices. Um, that are being uh, got for Hemi Kudus and all those high-performance uh, Chrysler products. You know, Chrysler 
muscle cars are somewhat disproportionately high high priced. Am I wrong? I, I really sort of credit that with all and all the hype that he brought to it because he sort of brought a Barm and Bailey type of atmosphere to the whole process. I thought. Well, you know, I mean, uh, he owns Emmy Cooters, so. You know, when people own something, they like to see the prices driven up, and he was in the right spot to do things like that. But, you know, in in fairness to him, uh, there is not as many Mopars, especially the Mopar muscle cars, compared to, let's say, Chevelle SS's and Corvettes and Camaros, Mustangs and GTOs. They didn't make as many Chrysler. So there's definitely... Uh, you know, not as many circulating in the marketplace, so there's high demand for them. But they are, in a lot of respects, way overpriced. You know, uh, the hype works. I love it. You know, What's that? I said I think the hype works. Oh, it you know, works. We're talking about all the hype here. You know, and the one of only eleven, and this, and that, and the other thing. You know, it's just that sort of. It, it works. Perfect. <laughs> People you know. got excited. Oh, have a Hemi Uh Really, you don't. And that segues into the next issue where a lot of people in the collector car hobby, especially those who are new to it, think the bigger the engine, the more my car is worth or the more my car is desirable. Well, no. I mean, if I had a, uh, you know, let's say a 68 Camaro, uh, would I want you know, a 396 in it, or would I want, you know, a small block, 350? Well, I would go with the small block, simply because the car will handle better. I mean, where are you going to go on today's crowded road that, you, you know, you need a big block? I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. I see a lot of fun to drive. I've driven Hemis and big block cars, 440s and 396s, and man, it's a blast. But, going to drive your car on more of a regular basis, the smaller engine makes your car handle better because there's less weight, you get better steering response, of course in today's box you get better gas mileage, but who cares about that when you have an old car, but uh, you know, and in many cases people do prefer the way cars drive with smaller engines, so that's a lot, a lot of hype too, uh, you know, that, that bigger engine cars are more desirable. Yeah, I think unless the car was a special edition and only came with the larger engine, I, I just didn't write it. Right. Yep, I agree. The, the, uh, so, you know. the other issue I've always had is, you know, and a lot of clubs like the AACA, you know, they say the car has to be 25 years old to be an antique. Well, the way I look at it is, do you really think a car from, what, 1997 is an antique? It isn't. I mean, I think it's great that they're included in the hobby today, and it, there should be a cutoff. And 25 years, I guess, is a good cutoff. But when I see these ads, you know, a 1992 is a highly collectible antique. Well, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just something that that just gets under my see, skin. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. You just don't realize how old you are. That's the problem. It's not I that it's not an antique. It's like you're an antique too, you know. I mean, just saying. 
you know? I, <laughs> I get the cars from the 90 being called antique. You know, you want to call them collectible, you know? I know we're splitting hairs here, but I just, you know, always had this vision antique, you know? It's, it's something that was finely crafted, well made, there's not many remaining, beautiful workmanship. And, you know, I can't connect that with cars in the 90s. There's a lot of cars in the 90s that I would love to own. But know, it, it's all, it's all, I think it's all about perspective. You know, it's, uh, right. a close friend of mine, his son, um, has sort of followed his dad and I in the hobby. And, uh, you know, Conley looks at something that's, you know, 1990, 1989. Um, I've got an 89, uh, Chevy Caprice wagon. And, uh, <laughs> he thinks of it as an antique. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, and his friends look at it like, oh, it's got an antique car. It, to me, I'm just driving around in an old car, you know, when I'm driving right. that thing. But to them, it's their perspective, you know. I mean, I'm teasing you about, you know, being Methuselah, but, you know, uh, which you are, but, you know, it is about perspective, you know. So, uh, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. And the, the other part of it is, you know, Cars were going through such an evolution. Um, you know, you stop and think about the very first cars built, you know, the, the Duriers um, and old, curved-olds, all of those cars. And you think about how quickly, you know, within 20 years, those cars evolved in so many ways. They went from being little uh, more than a butt board with a crappy inch on it to being a enclosed car with a six cylinder engine etc etc in just a relatively short period of time so you think about the time period say 1900 to 1925 a lot of changes that took place and so by 1925 the, the 1903 curve dash olds was only Twenty, um, twenty-two years old wasn't even twenty-five years, old. but relatively speaking, it looked like an antique, you know. And I think you know yeah. AACA being founded in nineteen thirty-five, um, you know, cars had only been in you know in existence for a little over thirty-five years, and most of the cars that were collectible were, you know, in 1905, 1910, or what have you. They were just then 25, uh, 20 years old, 20, 25 years old. And um, so I think that had a lot to do with it, too. And that just sort of set the bar for it. And that it just carried forward from there. And then, of course, most of your states, for registration purposes, which is a good thing, um, you know, they kind of went with the ACA definition of 25 years and older um, being an antique. And so those states that, you know, have special uh, antique vehicle registration use that same criteria. And it's pretty universal throughout the country. 25 years, you can get a classic uh, registration, which in the state of Virginia helps you out quite a bit. Uh, we're one of those states that has uh, tax-exempt status for antique vehicles. So... Um, well, but they still you know. couldn't call them antiques, so they're not antiques. Just call it a desirable <laughs> old clunker. 
you know, you know, you're going to be one of those guys, you know, you're going to have this young couple in their mid-twenties, they're going to have their Cadillac Alante out there, and, and you're going to be like, huh, where'd the used car come from, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, ruin their entire day. They're going to pack up their picnic and their little kids and go home and, and sell their Cadillac just because you were mean to them, you know? That's okay. <laughs> Deal with it. Now, another thing. There's a lot of, uh, another misconception is that convertibles are more desirable. And that's not true. You know, I've been looking for a uh, second-generation Corvair, you know, 65 to 69 coupe. And when I told people what I'm looking for, they go, oh, yeah, but uh, convertible is, is, is better. Convertible is, is uh, you know, more valuable. Well, no, it isn't. Oh, they're more desirable. People like convertibles. Well, good. You know, I've got three Triumphs in my garage. They're all convertibles. I want a coupe. And the reason I think coupes in many respects are more desirable is because when you go somewhere, let's say you want to go out to dinner with, you know, your better half or your friend, you don't have to worry that someone's, you know, going to jump in your car because they're going to split your convertible top and steal your car. With a coupe, you can lock it up nice and tight. And you could also, you know, drive it all year round. I mean, you could do that with a convertible, but, you know, you get lots of drafts, especially if it's a British car. Nothing but drafts and rain coming in. But, you know, in many respects, uh, a hardtop coupe is, is, to me, more desirable than a convertible. Just because the top goes down, they always say, the top goes down, the price goes up. And, yeah, that's true, you know, with a lot of cars. But, to me, it doesn't mean that they're more desirable. Everybody has their own personal taste. Uh, a lot of people want a roof over their heads. And, uh, to me, at that, re- that point, that car is more desirable than a convertible. No, I think the the word value versus desirable is certainly there's there's a difference there. And, you know, I I agree with you. Um, <clears throat> you know, far too often people put all their emphasis on how much the car is worth rather than how much you'll enjoy that car. You know, some people enjoy convertibles. I enjoy convertibles. Last break. I love having convertibles. Oh, it's time for a break. Ooh. Wow, this break. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. 
When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're back. All right, Texas. Do you have any more issues? You have a lot of issues, Richard. I got a lot of issues. Uh, <laughs> well, geez, where can you begin? I mean, is, you know, I just don't like it when people misrepresent things. Uh, I've always had trouble selling cars because I always told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I would tell people, you know, uh, you know, that there is a stain at the bottom of the seat in the back. I don't have to tell them that. But that's the way I've always, you know, did things. I guess, I don't know, maybe because I went to Catholic school for eight years and the nuns beat it into our brain. You gotta, you know, tell the truth. Can't lie. And that's why I was never able really to sell cars, especially out of profit, because I always told the truth, you know? And a lot of people don't. And that has always gotten under my skin. You know, when, when I worked at Hemings for 22 years, I would see the ads come in. And I would just cringe because I say to myself, this guy's full of it. He's, he's not telling the <laughs> truth about that. You can between the lines, you know? <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. car just doesn't work. Uh, you know, it, it, it needs a starter and the fuel tank needs to be clean. Oh, but the car was sitting out in a barn for 25 years and has a run. Well, let me tell you something, pal. It needs more than just having the fuel system clean to get that thing going. You know, be honest. Tell people the truth, and you'll have better luck selling the car. Well, it's um, it's like, kind of like I remember going to, uh, particularly Carlisle and Charlotte uh, over the years, and you go walk in there, and you can smell the fresh paint. When you oh, get back yes, to the car can. corral. <laughs> you really Oh, can. my God. <laughs> Where they, I mean, they, they haven't even dried, you know, the paint's not even cured, you know, uh, nope. because they, there's something to be covered up. It's uh, a friend of mine um, passed away. Uh, it was a Nash dealer. Um, he had a 57 Rambler. And before he passed, he offered it to me at a very reasonable price, but, you know, they were unit, unit body construction. And it was just rusty in all of the usual spots, but not just rusty, but extra rusty. And um, then the car, he had sold it, sold it to a piano teacher. Then several years later, it, he 
bought it back on, brought it back on trade, and then his wife drove it a little bit, and then they just kept it inside. It's fairly low mileage, but it was rusty because this piano teacher had to drive to Pittsburgh all the time, and so you know it was steeding up. So I ended up seeing that very car after Victor passed away. I saw it for sale in the Parker Isle up at Carlisle, and. Uh, I just walked over and I'm looking at it and I see the little placard out there that the dealer had put there. You know, owned, never titled outside the dealer's family. Uh, you know, owned by the wife of the dealer. And, uh, and I'm, I've walked over and he started talking to me and I said, you know, I said, this car was sold to a piano teacher who owned it for about seven years and drove it to Pittsburgh like every couple of weeks and uh, stayed up there for a week or two. I said, that's why this car has so much rust in it. Rust? Oh, no, it's not a lot of rust. I said, oh, there's a lot of rust in this car. You know, he was just, just flat out lying to me about everything. You know, I knew the history of the car. <laughs> he was lying about that. I knew it was full of rust because I put it up on a lift and inspected it. And uh, it, it it's just amazing. So, you know, and that's another thing. You know, people start, you know, and I don't know these are necessarily, you know, it's not lies or misrepresentation, but it's, you know, by virtue of exclusion, uh, there are so many things that are unsaid. You know, Internet auctions are now more popular than they've ever been. Um, right. Just simply because of COVID. You know, people couldn't for two years have in-person auctions and so the auctions had to continue and continue to go on and evolve um, under those conditions and people got very accustomed to uh, internet auctions. Let me tell you something, if you want to get burned badly, don't inspect a car and just bid on it on the internet without having it checked out. If you find something that you're really interested in that's in an auction, uh, particularly if it's not a, you know, I mean, some of the high-end auctions, you know, do some this and that and the other. You know, people out there know the entire history of the vehicle from the day it was manufactured, practically. But, you know, more pedestrian stuff, um, if you're buying it sight unseen, just factor that in. The other thing to think about, too, is, you know, with these Internet auctions, because now the auction company has to pay the internet service, they've got all this uh, software involved, this and that and the other thing, they're now charging 17% premiums and more. Uh, wow. So you've got to add that to your to your purchase price. You know, you're out there uh, you know, $10,000, well, no, it's not really $10,000. It's a, almost $12,000 because of the buyer's premium. And then you've got sales you've got tax it. on top of that. Yeah, never, never trust what they say. You've got to inspect the car. You've got to bet it yourself. And that's why us New Yorkers don't trust anybody. We don't <laughs> care. If, uh, you trust this is our me. Grandmother. We don't trust no. anybody. No. Not even me. Especially you don't even trust me. You know I'm hurt. No. You know, just say. You know, help Billy. Up from Mountain Virginia, how can we trust you? You got to track it. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, you got to do your homework, folks. Don't trust anybody. 
even if you're buying a car from a priest or a rabbi or whoever, don't trust them because everybody wants to make money. You gotta inspect the car yourself or hire a professional appraiser who knows what he's looking at because there's a lot of appraisers who don't know what they're looking at. You know, so, uh, you gotta do your homework. Uh, yeah. Don't trust anybody. You need to investigate the people that you hire to look at your vehicle. You're going to want to know what their background is. You know, you want to know the time they've spent in the hobby and the things that they've done. You know, they could have just gotten into the hobby. You know, a lot of people, this is a pet peeve of mine. You know, and don't get me wrong, I encourage everyone to become an AACA national judge. You'll have people inspecting cars, and they want to. First thing they want to do is put that out there, AACA national judge or NCRS judge or, or whatever that may be. Uh, right. Just because they're judge doesn't mean they're going to do a good job of inspecting your car. Now, if they've been a judge for a hundred years and they've restored cars, I'm exaggerating, but you know, restored cars and they've been in the hobby for thirty years and so on and so forth, then you know people and can talk to people. Uh, that have used their services, you can start to have some confidence in what they do. But just because they throw a title out there doesn't make them an expert on inspecting vehicles. That is for sure. Um, it can cost you a bunch, a bunch of money. So and hard. We got a few minutes. We got a few minutes. Got a few left. minutes. What? What this week's pick of the week? Ah, uh, pick of the week. This 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 week's pick of the week is a uh, really really dynamite. Uh, Pick of the week. We've got a, a 52 Packard 200 series uh, sedan, 50,000 original miles on it, and my guess is uh, it's got the 288 uh, cubic inch, eight, straight eight, 135 horse, coupled to the uh, Packard Ultramatic transmission. What's that? You're wrong. And it's a solid car. You sent me those pictures last night. Yeah. I couldn't even solid. see any fault rust bubbles. Solid, awesome, fantastic door gap, a nice interior, and it runs. And how much, Tom? Well, uh, actually, it it says did run. It says starter quit. So you know, oh, okay. you got to put that put that uh, qualifier out there. A little disclaimer, but. Uh, 50,000 miles on the odometer, and if you look at the interior, I, I'd i say it's probably correct. It's a heck of a buy. You know, under $3,000 asking price for this, this car. And, uh, you know, parts are fairly plentiful out there for these. Um, you know, the, and the 51. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and nothing runs better than, you know, a, a Packard straight eight when it's Boy, running like it's I designed to, I mean if if my garage was even half the size of your garage I, I would definitely have bought that last night you sent me two minutes I would love to hold that car on the three grand for a package fantastic great deal yeah it's ama- amazing yeah really great deal we'll post that up there here uh, later on today um, so people can have a look at it on our Facebook page the classic car show Facebook page and uh, yeah no just an amazing car. those are great cars very solid cars very easy to work on um, and there's a sufficient uh, number of suppliers out there that'll uh, give you all the parts you need to uh, need for your 
hey, I'll still deliver it to you. No big deal. I'll, I'll throw it on the trailer, take it to you there. So, uh, well, if you'll that, <coughs> then I'll take you to Waffle House and I'll buy you not just one, but two waffles and even a glass of sweet tea. How's that? Such generosity. It's overwhelming. You know, we're one minute to end the show. Okay. Hey, folks, it's almost over with, and the car is located uh, just outside of Roanoke, Virginia, so it's not very far at all. But, uh, you know, we say it all the time. Cheap cars cheap are cars. good. Are good. And, uh, cheap tools are bad. Cheap cars are good. And you know what? This weekend, get off the couch, get out from in front of the TV, get out in the garage, do something. <laughs> so we'll see you guys. We'll see you next week, everybody. All right. Take okay. care. Carmania, Sunday, tomorrow. Get there. Okay. Catch you later. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.